You are listening to the Nanuet Golden Knights Principles Podcast with your host, Dr. Kevin McCahill. All right, folks, we are back. This is, um, we can call it part two of the Principles Podcast with Dr. Sarah Chauncey. Um, Our last conversation was Dr. Chauncey as the library media specialist. She is now going to talk to us um, here at the podcast as our presently our school board president and um, longtime school board member. Um, so my first question, Dr. Chauncey, uh, what interested you about public service uh, uh, being a school board member and how many years have you served? So I've been on the board for a little over 20 years and my interest in board service really grew out of um, p- being part of PTA. So I always wanted to be involved in education, uh, be a part of the school. And I so enjoyed working with other parents, with the teachers, with administration during my time in PTA. And board service just seemed like a natural um, flow from PTA to board service, mm-hmm. even though they are very, very different. Right, right. But it makes sense. It's, I, I didn't think of that. A PTA could be a fertile area for future board uh, members um, in a lot of ways, um, building relationships with the teachers and the right. administrators um, sort of from the ground up. Um, that's interesting. It's how you get to know the school and the school yeah. system, and it's also how others get to know you and how you operate. Right. And so when we, you know, encourage PTA to join, uh, to think about running for the board as mm-hmm. people leave and we want to bring new people in, uh, PTA is always a good right. place yeah. to look. Yeah, the PTA, um, yeah. you know, the schools couldn't exist without the PTA Absolutely. and without the Board of Ed. So Absolutely. it really seems like a, a, a real clear connection there. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the most rewarding aspects of the service of being a, a Board of Ed member? I mean, it's a, it's a volunteer position. Um, it demands a whole heck of a lot from your life. Um, you know, so can you talk a little bit about you know, what's, what's so rewarding about being a, a school board um, member? You know, I, every board is different, and I feel very fortunate to be a board member in Nanuet mainly because the focus is, has always been about working collaboratively. We have a very uh, collaborative board. We are very focused on the goals and mission of the district. And I think working with Dr. McNeil, who I believe may be the longest sitting superintendent, not only in this county, but possibly the state right now. So uh, I'm not sure, but it just might be. So working with Dr. McNeil, the administrative team, the teachers, to make a vision and mission come to life in the district. And there's been certainly many little things over the years, but overall I have to say that's very rewarding. Okay, okay. And the question is always on the board's mind, how can we ensure that each student is afforded all the services and resources he or she needs to be successful? And at the same time, we have to be responsible to a wider community. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if we have, um, especially today, Uh, where funds are very, very tight. So you're balancing um, your responsibility to the students, to the parents, and to the community as a whole, and trying to make things work. So um, when you ask the question, you know, how can I make this happen for students and families, uh, you also have to remember, you know, we're very diverse. And we're much more diverse now than when my children were in kindergarten. Um, we are a very diverse community, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm proud of not just what happens in the classroom, but I'm 
proud of all of the extracurricular activities, our sports program, um, our, definitely our music program, our art program, and that we've been able to keep all of that going in these more difficult economic times. Great, great. Um, and, and, you know, I had mentioned in your introduction um, that you have your, your um, doctorate um, in information management from Syracuse University, um, and you're also in the field as a library media specialist, so you're a researcher, you're an educator. Um, do you feel an extra special connection to public school board service because you're a member of the field, um, both as a researcher and also, um, you know, as a teacher? I have to say absolutely, because I live and work in my research space, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Um, sometimes not so nice, because I always take it home with me. I live it almost 24-7. Um, so when I'm not at school, I'm reading and writing and thinking about my work, and my understanding of uh, research-based uh, best practice has made me very critical of my own practice as an educator. And um, the way I evaluate policies and programs and mandates uh, has become also much more rigorous and thoughtful. Um, And you also, you know, you learn as a researcher that there are no definites. You never prove anything. um, And there are no silver bullets. So um, there's no box program. There's no tool. There's no technology that we can buy to just say we have the answer uh, tomorrow we're, we don't have to look anymore and we're going to be the perfect educational system here. Right. It doesn't work. Um, so, you know, it, to me, it all comes down to building trusting relationships mm-hmm. and um, safe places for kids and trying to understand each child. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to my research, which is around motivation building what I call frictionless learning environments where people have all the resources and uh, supports they need to, to succeed. Mm-hmm. So it never leaves me. But that being said, I don't use my professional practice or research agenda in my role as a board member. Of course, I, I don't leave my uh, brain at the door, but my primary role as a board member revolves around policy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people forget that having a role in setting policy is, is actually a very powerful role. After you do that, you have to let the people who are running the school mm-hmm. run with it. Right. And I think we've also been very successful in ensuring that that can happen. And I think we also expect that there are going to be failures, mm-hmm. but we want people to try, and it's okay. Right. It's okay if something you, if a teacher tries something, if administration tries something, and six months later they just look at you and say, you know what? This isn't working. Um, we have to go the other direction. I find that exciting yeah. because it means we're not digging in. We're saying, you know, we're open-minded. We're going to try, but we will change course if we have to. Right. right. So, so that's policies are always, uh, you know, you know, to be determined as right. to a certain degree. Right. right. And they're high level. They're overarching policies that mm-hmm. leave a lot of room for um, making decisions by the people who should be making the decisions. Right. right. Okay. It only makes sense that um, in a profession, in a field that is really dependent upon people taking risks, trying new things in a creative, um, through a creative lens, and failing a whole heck of a lot more than succeeding. Like, that's what we want from our good teachers to just try, 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 try new things. We want our kids to try, 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 make mistakes, be okay with it, and grow from it. It would only make sense that, that one of the primary 
governing boards would also take that approach that um, we try things, we create policies, um, for, you know, for the best, um, you know, possible practice going forward, but we are willing and open to see if things aren't working, we're adjust and adapt um, to make the service, uh, you know, better for, for that point in time, because as time changes as well, the needs of the community change just as quickly. Right, and I think we want our teachers, just as we want our students to have a safe, trusting environment mm -hmm. with really good relationships, we have to give our staff and everyone that feeling, or else they aren't going to feel they can try new things. Mm -hmm. And if they're treated that way, they will treat the students that way. Right. So right. it's really important. Okay. Um, so on this, on this same topic, um, we know that there's all these new added stressors in the field of public education. I mean, uh, you can't read an article without seeing the phrase unfunded mandate. Um, you know, can you briefly discuss how a Board of Ed uh, member, how Board of Ed members can impact some of these stressors, um, you know, that, that, are, that are, you know, in the field right now more than ever? I think it's so important that we are advocates for public education. There's too much going on that, you know, uh, the media talking about, uh, you know, public schools failing. We aren't failing. There's a lot of media hype, a lot of things in the news, and there is nothing to support 90%, 95% of what's being said. Do we have to improve? We always have to improve. That's not the question. We agree on that question. But um, what's happened is there are agendas outside of our environment, and sometimes those agendas are about people who have really no idea, who have never been in a classroom, who probably wouldn't last in a classroom for a few days, mm -hmm. who have the answers. And um, public education, to me, is just the core of our society. And so as board members, it really is important that we advocate for public education, that we are in touch with our legislators, with um, government at all levels. And I've been a part of the Rockland County School Boards Association for almost as long as I've been on our, our board. And I chaired the legislative breakfast for many years. I still contribute, and I'm a part of the legislative breakfast. And all school board members have to uh, be part of that. And right now we're operating in a very um, scary place because we have a tax cap, and we're usually well below the 2% that we are allowed, sometimes negative. Um, again, we're dealing with unfunded mandates. We've been very lucky here in Nanuet because we've been able to maintain our reserves. But within a year or two, we're going to feel the crunch. Mm. And we've tried to be creative. Um, we've tried to offer our teachers certain incentives, this year a retirement incentive, so that we can uh, help people to make the best decisions for themselves and to maintain our programs and staff. And it used to be when we sat down to do budgets that we would um, actually sit, sit around and think of all the great things we could do, the new programs we might you know, uh, put into place and teachers and administration would come with us to, to us with these great ideas and now what we do is we take the budget and we look at what we can cut cut wow. without impacting program so our work has changed significantly yes. so it, advocating mm -hmm. and it's not just us advocating is getting parents to advocate teachers to advocate administration to advocate right okay so um, and I can, I'm going to add my own little um, piece on this as well um, for principals and teachers. Um, 
don't be as humble as you always are in this profession. Teachers are so humble. Public educators are unbelievably mm -hmm. humble. It's not the time really to be humble. Um, you know, do podcasts, um, create websites, create blogs, um, get your passion out there into the world um, and show people that public education is, is succeeding actually even more than um, some of the private entities are because we are constantly adapting and we have this force of tax caps um, and other um, sort of uh, tough things that are weighing us down from progress but we're progressing anyway and we're innovating anyway in spite of the changes exactly. so it's almost like we're doing double the time of growth and evolution um, so that, that's my extra little thing there so please um, brag about your work. Brag about it. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Showcase student yeah, work in a safe way. It, I yes. mean, you just have to do that. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so um, from the parent perspective, uh, what are the important issues that parents should find? I mean, we've talked about so many of them. If they're listening to the podcast now, they should know what to follow. Um, but what are, are there any that you would highlight in terms of important issues that parents should follow or support? So we know parents' voices can be very, very powerful. And that's certainly been shown with the opt-out movement. And I'm not giving my opinion on opt-out here. I should, but you can see that when parents get together around an issue that they feel very strongly about, things happen. Mm. And they happen actually faster than if I or you were mm -hmm. advocating for the same thing. So I encourage parents to continue to advocate. And even though they might not feel the crunch of these unfunded mandates and the tax cap just yet, it's not hitting home yet. It's coming, mm. and we're going to need them to say, enough is enough. My children need this level of education. We're not going to stand for this anymore. You want to be in office? Fund public education. Yeah. So if I, we could get every parent out to do that, we'd be in good shape too yeah. long. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's a public service, and it's their service. They have a right to it, and they also have an obligation to defend it Absolutely. you know so the the board um our, our board members are formally appointed but sort of what you're saying dr chauncey is that even if you're not sitting at the table at a board meeting parents have equal responsibility to advocate for our schools our public schools their children um, and there's a lot of ways for them to do that now, especially with the movement of media and, and, you know, petitions, online petitions. It's easier to write to your legislation now than it was, you know, a decade ago. It's easier to get your voice out there as a parent. Um, so I, I, I definitely I agree. I appreciate that. Um, what advice would you give a new community member who just found out that they were elected to their local school board? I'm going, to, I'm going to step back a bit. We're going to go before election, elect, being elected, <laughs> that's it, it, because right, that's right, really right. where the important true, things, true, stuff true. happens. So, so the first thing I would say is you have to attend some board meetings, at yeah. least for a full year. I mean, you should sit in there. You should understand what are the issues, right. what is the mission, what are the goals of the district, mm -hmm. uh, what is the strategic plan. Um, so I know, you know, this sounds like a no-brainer, but we've had people run for the board who have never sat through even one board meeting. Yeah. And that just doesn't work. Uh, so then, and then ask to sit with some board members um, to have them bring you up to speed. You know, what is the time investment? It's not a meeting every two weeks. That's right. not the investment in time. It's much bigger than that. Um, and then once you get on the board, the very first thing we tell new board members to do is they have to sign up the New York State School Board's New Board Member Training Institute. Mm -hmm. Invariably, when people attend, they come back and say, oh, my, 
I didn't know this is what my role was or yeah. you know you can hear it over and over again mm -hmm. but until they go into those meetings yes. they don't know they really aren't sure what is you know happening and then at those first few meetings it's listen ask questions read the district policy manual cover to cover more than once um, <laughs> attend as many training opportunities as possible and don't run for the board if you have a specific agenda in mind do not Okay. You, you you will not Good be advice. happy because you won't get what you think you're going to get. Right, right. It's it's so complex that it's never just about one agenda it's, item it's, ever. It's huge. Right? It's, and, and I think that's why we have such a great board in Annual. Nobody is there for a specific reason. Right. Nobody's there to change the reading program to, you know, um, it, we're all there to look at the whole system and how all the pieces fit together and it's very complicated and it changes and um, so we're always learning. I've been learning for 20 years and I have so much more to learn. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, thank you, thank you Dr. Chauncey. This concludes our conversation um, about your service on the school board. Um, I thank you so much. The takeaway comment would, would definitely be from our, from our two conversations here is that um, everything is changing and um, you know, from school board um, service to technology, the goal is to, to change with it, um, make mistakes, but um, be passionate about the future mission of public education and the service that we provide for children and communities. Yes, and I'm really good at making mistakes, so um, I've, I've learned how to <laughs> so do that I, really so well. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Mm -hmm.